Well, good morning. Welcome to the Bread Truck Monday podcast. I'm so excited. This is our first episode that we have been able to put together here with the whole staff in the room. So who, who do we got here? We got Isaac O'Casey. Oh, he, he is here and also Ben Smith. That's me. He is here with a mustache just glowing in the light. It is a mustache currently, but <clears throat> probably in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be fully overgrown by... Now, the, the, wife, the wife said action. she wants the beard back Be- beard, now. Beard's coming back. So. Well, which is, is definitely needed. So. Isaac has a full beard. If you have not seen him in person, it is... Good to have you back always, in the beard. Always glo- <laughs> glorious. I missed you. I was starting to wonder about your salvation. Well, when it comes... I, I'm the much I'm less bearded uh, pastor on staff. Right. There's just no doubt about that. Um, right. So my you salvation is... to make up for it. Someday, <laughs> someday Aaron will go through puberty. Yeah, yeah. eventually <laughs> I will have hair somewhere on my face. I'm not sure where it's going to be. But welcome to the Bread Truck but uh, Bread Truck Monday podcast, and this is a weekly uh, podcast that's going to be done with the, the pastors here at High Lakes Christian Church, where we look at ministry and we, and we wrestle with the different things that take place in ministry. Uh, we had a pastor friend of ours uh, back in the day who used to say that sometimes when you come in on Mondays, it kind of feels like uh, you've kind of been run over and you just want to go and do something else. And it might just be easier to just drive bread, you know, go out and just <laughs> drive bread, be, be a part of Fran's Bread Company. And, and be done with work by 11 o'clock in the morning, and you're just kind of free to go. But we deal in ministry, and ministry is a different thing. It's a different calling, and uh, and it's not driving bread. The great thing about bread is that it it never does anything it isn't supposed to do. Exactly. It's yeah. always... Well, unless it you, molds you eventually. It, you, well, I mean, you put it on the shelf in the truck. You drive the truck to the store. When you get there, the bread is still on the shelf. And you take it out, and you put it where it's supposed to go, and it never does anything funny it just does its thing but yet at church we have people who never sheep listen are to different. <laughs> sheep are different the sheep are different they never they never listen we wherever we put them they don't they don't stay kind of is, <laughs> is, is the idea um and so we're going to strive every week to have a chance to get a chance to sit down and talk and one of the things that i've really valued about being a part of this staff is we take uh, times you know eating lunch together and we have this discussion and sometimes it's really good, and sometimes it's not so good, but a lot of times it's filled with wisdom. And one of the things that, that I think our church needs a lot more of is just a chance to, to listen in and hear from us outside of Sunday morning. We get a chance to, to preach and to teach on Sunday morning, but that necessarily always isn't... Uh, the, the extent of what we want to hear and everything. So there's going to be an extension of Sunday morning as well, where Pastor Ben might have something that he has uh, preached or taught on, which is last week was, holy cow, what a passage he, do- he dove into. And we'll get that to that here in just a little bit. Um, but we'll have a chance to discuss maybe some things that you didn't get to, mm-hmm. ways that you're like, hey, I wish I would have said or had time to say this, um, because the congregation, they need to hear those kind of things. And mm-hmm. even just this morning, I heard somebody in the office here saying, man, you were saying stuff that I hadn't heard before. And I, I, I loved what you were saying. And so that's what we kind of want to get people a chance uh, to hear a little bit more. But it also gives us a chance to get to know us a little bit better. Um, you know, maybe you see us around town. We're in a small town, right? And we're in a small town. And so you go to Ace or Bymart and you you see us there. But we're real people, you know, and and we have facial hair that sometimes grows. And, you know, we, we, we're, 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 we're just your normal average, average people. We're not anything special, you know, when it comes to that. So that's a hope is getting to know each other in that way. And so every, every week we're going to kind of have some segments of this that I want to, I want to do. And so we'll, we'll kind of just at the very beginning, just ask kind of how the week went for each guy and, and see, you know, where maybe what they're learning, maybe things that they're going through. Ben's in a lot of life transition right now with his family and which is going to be awesome. It's going to be yep. cool stuff. Um, Isaac just killed a 
an enormous bowl and he's just eating some massive steaks. Munching yeah, out. munching away on some steaks. <laughs> and so, um, but just kind of asking that. And then we're going to have a segment later on called Member of the Week. And so the Member of the Week is going to be somebody at the church we want to shout out to, somebody that is encouraging to us. And, and we'll we'll get to that here later on too as well. And then uh, again, it's kind of extension of, of Sunday morning. So Isaac, first, you know, how's your week? You know, how's that steak going? You know, how's the elk treating you? Man, it has been a good week. I got a chance to climb a tree. Anytime you get a chance to climb climb to the top of a tree it's going to be a good week wait a minute tell us a little more about the tree climbing experience big old pondo just just it's gotta just, be just a pondo. for the fun of it absolutely you oh, see a tree <laughs> elevating get a good solid 100 feet up there get a view oh my gosh aqi was like 450 though so you didn't see much once we were up there oh, but because uh, the, the fires that are that yeah, are here so did you tie in when you got up to the top and then repel back down no you you try to race people down usually race Pick your how many people were going up this we had this three orange, humans this three time. full-size yeah. humans going yep. up a hundred yep. foot pondo tree wow. yep wow they're good trees uh so that was good and then uh, been scouting for some firewood getting some firewood going for the winter we're gonna have so got our wood stove roaring and keeping the dog and the wife warm so it's good awesome. stuff good week well, and, and you just built a house, so the house is now done, and so now you're, it's like, done. fully actually living in, in a home instead yeah. of being homeless like you were the last, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, living you, on a, in a <laughs> four-foot-wide trailer on the side of the river with another <laughs> 600 AQI day. My lungs are damaged. Yeah, well, I, well, I said I'm just glad that you actually have a home. You know, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a blessing. That's definitely a huge blessing. And, so, and then, Ben, what about you, man? It's a lot of life change coming up, different things taking place. What, what, what's happening? Yeah, man, so I, I just got back last week from a, an elk hunting trip as well, and it was successful for the first time in like four years. The famine well, is, more than four is years. over. It's been a while, so that was cool. Um, getting to experience that with my daughter was um, just an awesome experience. Um, she was right in the thick of it with me and, uh, and hunting as well. And so that's just kind of a good, great way that we connect. And, and since, uh, next week or this week, um, I believe it's tomorrow. Actually, my daughter's actually moving away from home. Man. So she's the, the nest is flying, becoming, coming smaller. She's flying the coop. Mm. And so the, uh, the hen house has one less hen in it. So, wow. <laughs> so, um, so it, it just got a little bit quieter. It, the, well, it's going house. to, it's going to get a little bit quieter. Yeah. So how are you dealing with that? How, how's the, the, the thought process there? Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's bittersweet. Obviously we raise our kids so that, um, we raise them for this. We raise them to send them out. And, um, but at the same time, it's been almost 20 years of, um, you know, her being a part of our family. And so that, you know, obviously the bittersweetness of it, uh, it's exciting to see her go to, to go out into the world on her own, and I know she's ready for it. But at the other end of things, it's like we've got a lot of life history together. Yeah, and I'm gonna miss her, and it's kind of like uh, I don't know. One of the things that I was kind of thinking about when we were up elk hunting is like you know, it's it's kind of a shame that your kids, by the time they're ready to leave the nest, you're like wow, they're it's kind of like they're they're your kids still, but they've become more than that yeah. they've almost become like best friends it's and like so, it's like when you actually want to hang out with them yeah saying? <laughs> well i wasn't gonna say it that by the way, time they get to the point where they're actually <laughs> exciting to be around then they leave the house i wasn't gonna say point. it that way but but yeah it's like yeah you really enjoy them and you do stuff together and and they do they become like like best friends almost rather than um you know less of a parent-child relationship yeah so 
anyway that's pretty awesome though i mean i know that 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 you know you've you've raised her up to be such an awesome woman of god and, and it's awesome to see her now you know spreading those wings and, and heading out into the real world but but it's probably going to be some life change there sure. and, and definitely yeah. some different feels around the around the house there but yeah. but then you have another so these both these men have killed animals just recently and they have more hunts coming up here just uh really really pretty soon which is pretty awesome and so those freezers are filling up um yeah. Yep. But yeah, so um, this week at church, we uh, we dove into to the book of Hebrews. We've been in the book of Hebrews for a uh, a little while, and uh, Ben Ben for whatever reason always chooses the hardest books in the Bible to uh, <laughs> glutton for punishment. Yeah, do, yeah. You know, we, we some people you know they they look at our church and they may say, well, th- that church just makes you feel good. No, this church it, we, we, <laughs> we 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 strive that when you leave, you feel terrible about yourself. Like that 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 is that's kind of that's kind of the hope. The case. <laughs> I haven't done my job unless, um, yeah, unless you, you feel challenged on some level. So we went, we went, we went Romans, we went, we went Amos and then we, now we're, now we're in Hebrews and, and it says, you know, just gets more and more difficult when when it comes um, to that. But, but, uh, so Ben, the sermon this week was, uh, was really focused in on this idea of kind of how do you deal with, uh, spiritual maturity, right? Mm -hmm. And, Especially when you have, uh, you know, conversations that may need to come and happen with people that maybe they're not mature enough or ready for. And Isaac, you know, you deal with like youth ministry in that way. I have these conversations with Isaac all the time. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah exactly. He's not mature, enough, he's just to not mature enough to deal with. We, why do we have to keep dealing with him? That's kind <laughs> of you hired the youth pastor. It's your fault. <laughs> but but it, but it is something that's hard. Like as a parent, you know, Isaac, you don't have kids, but you know, when as a parent, there's times of like the age specific. Uh, appropriateness, right, has to happen with conversations. But at the same time, in youth ministry, you do deal with that, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to difficult topics that may come up. And so how how have you kind of approached that, like in terms of, if you're like, I don't know if this group is ready for this, but yet we still got to dive into it. Yeah, the way I look at it, a lot of times with our, like for take, for example, our middle schoolers, like if I'm going to have to do a love and relationships talk or something like that. <laughs> yeah, always an awkward one. I, I think about in our small town, like, um, there's a lot of our kids that have great, uh, homes and, um, they're blessed to have parents that are going to be great role models for them and give them the wisdom that they need. Um, and then there's another portion of our students that don't have that. And the best they're going to get is from their social media or from their schools. Yeah. And if I can, um, head that off a little bit with some biblical wisdom, mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be really important. So yeah. even though they're going to be cringing in their seats when I talk about the the wonders of Song of Solomon <laughs> um, and the two does, et cetera, um, Gosh. <laughs> they're going to be um, they're going to be receiving uh, a biblical wisdom that they can uh, that they can call their own before they um, necessarily um, are running into trouble. And yeah. that's what I'm trying to I'm trying to give them that before they sometimes before they need it. Um, yeah. And even if they are they don't feel ready for it, they're going to know that there's a truth that they can find and it's in God's word. Yeah. So it's like, it, you know, they may not, they're going to find it anyways, right? They're going to, they're going to learn certain well, they'll things. Come something, they'll come up with know, something. They'll come up with something, right? Know. But it better, better to hear that from the, like the, the wisdom that we have, the, the biblical wisdom, but also like just a good resource when it comes to that. And that, that's kind of how I view it as a parent too, as well is like, I'd rather have these conversations right here around the dinner table, then you go in and talking to your friend and it 
be complete lies. You know, yeah. it's, it's something that's just not true. You know, you're gonna get you're gonna get either the locker room version, right, and the social media version, or you're gonna get, um, like you said, biblical wisdom. So I think we both in spiritual parenting as well as in our biological parenting, we're 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 making a choice. Absolutely, we're making a choice between um, giving it giving them the information from the right kind of source with the right kind of wisdom versus they're going to get it from somewhere. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, and, and the hard part about that is that you have to almost be brave, right? You almost have to be bold with those kind of conversations. I mean, one of the things that pastor Ben said yesterday in the sermon, he said, probably when it comes to this passage, you may not, some of you may not be spiritual ready for this, mm-hmm. but we're do- doing it anyways. We're right. Do it anyway. yeah. yeah. And that, how do you, how do you get to that approach? Like, how does that, <laughs> how do you get that boldness when it comes to that? Hmm. Like in the pulpit or from the pulpit? Yeah, yeah, from, from the, pulpit, the pulpit. Yeah, I mean, uh, did you when you were writing that? You probably came to the point where you're like, eh, "This is going to be too either a over their head or b it's just not going to be received well." You right, know? right. Well, I think there's a couple different kinds of spiritual immaturity that we deal with. Um, I, I think on the one hand, there's people who, through no fault of their own, they're just baby Christians, you know, yeah. and so they don't have the they don't have the biblical knowledge or enough theological exposure yet to really be able to um, follow the the logic of theology, for instance, you mm-hmm. know? So that's one kind of spiritual maturity, but I think there, there are two other kinds of spiritual maturity that we deal with as well. Um, one would just be like when somebody, um, they've been a Christian for a long time, but they still don't have, they think they've been around church, but they haven't really spiritually matured and so they 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 don't realize their own spiritual immaturity and right so what that causes it can cause kind of a spiritual arrogance mm. where they can be extremely dogmatic about a particular theological issue that there are brilliant minds on both sides of an issue and there are great scripture passages that are often cited on either side of an argument, but they only see it one way. Right. And if you don't agree with them, then um, you're obviously not, quote-unquote, spiritually mature. Mm-hmm. And that betrays kind of a spiritual arrogance and really a spiritual immaturity that kind of um, rears its head, I guess, in spiritual arrogance. And that's somebody generally maybe that's been in church for a long period of time. Typically, you know, yeah. You know, they, you know, they've Typically, been around yep. for a long time. Yep. And even with that, there's, there's still this arrogance of like, well, I was taught this at this moment when mm-hmm. I came to faith, and so... That's the end all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I read it. I believe it. Yeah. It's true. Whatever yeah. the case may be. And there's a there's a third kind of spiritual um, immaturity, and and it's kind of related to the first one I talked about, where you have to give someone um, some kind of spiritual moral instruction, and they're just not ready for the life change that comes. That those are hard things to hear. Like that, I my actions. And the way that I'm living my life needs to transform. Yeah, the, the tough pills to swallow. Those, and those are tough ones too. So three, those are the three kinds of spiritual immaturity that we're dealing with. But Sunday's conversation kind of dealt with the first two that I just talked about. Okay. So Sunday, what I yeah, what look, was what was the landing point? Like yeah. you were you were kind of you were you were, you were circling the plane and you were coming down into yeah. the landing points. So what was that kind of that landing point and how did that how did you get to that? So Sunday, when I was talking about spiritual immaturity um, within the church. And I think this is the writer of Hebrews' concern as well. When he says to his readers, he says, you're, I, I want to talk about Melchizedek. <laughs> and, but he says, you're not ready for that, really. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to proceed to go into it. 
eventually anyway. But so as I look out at our church family, you know, I see a broad swath of maturity levels as well. Yeah. And so we have people that have been longtime Christians, but, um, and, and, and some of whom, um, been a longtime Christian, but still haven't really matured. And then you've got mature Christians, and then you've got brand new baby Christians that maybe not even, maybe don't have a framework to even begin to talk about the, the, quote unquote Christophany of Melchizedek potentially right. and don't even know what that means. And so we have to kind of go back and I think slowly unpack each one of those. So the passage on Sunday kind of dealt with the issue of whether uh, a person can essentially lose their salvation um, and can fall away from the faith and then um, and not be able to be renewed um, back to repentance. And and that's a that's a tough question, and it's a loaded theological debate. Obviously, it's been going on for years about once saved, always saved, and the eternal security piece of Calvinism. So, right. so that that's kind of where where we were headed Sunday. Even though we have such a broad swath of maturities, that there's so much risk that people might not receive it well, whether right. they won't follow it because they don't have enough context, they're too new in the faith, or they have they're very dogmatic about their own theology, whether they're on the Calvinistic side or the Arminian side, and they're not able to really they're they're just um, not willing to accept the fact that other people might have a different different theology opinion. on yeah. that. Yeah. So, so would you say though that it's it's better to go high or is it you know because I think like when you, Isaac when you're dealing with like youth ministry for specifically you're dealing with a lot of baby Christians probably more than anything. And it's like, is it better to raise that level of spiritual maturity through the things that you say? Or do you have to, like, I mean, like, is it better to go higher to stay low, basically? I think it's always good to try to bring them to the next level um, in a way that they can understand it. So you're not shooting so high above that they're like, man, I don't understand anything this crazy guy just said. Right. Um, but Church is are, already weird as it is. Right. You are trying to, <laughs> no doubt about that. You are trying to um, bring them into deeper levels of theological understanding. Yeah. Um, but you want to do so in such a way that you can contextualize it, they'll understand. Right. And that's, I said that, that hard balance where then when, when Ben, when you step into the pulpit, right, mm -hmm. and you're looking out over these you know, awesome folks that we have here in Lapine yep. and there's baby Christians. There's Christians that have been Christians for a long time, but are spiritually immature. You got the the people who are so, pardon the words, but you're so stuck in their ways that they're not willing to actually like change their mindset. Mm -hmm. And now you're bringing up a passage that is highly, you know, debated mm -hmm. and, and, and hot when it comes to that kind of a thing. And it's like the boldness, there's two ways you could go. One, you could go and be like, I'm just going to skip over it, right? Mm. Or there's the boldness of saying that we're going to approach this and we're going to go after it completely. And that's one of the things I love about our church is we we don't shy away from those kinds of things in, in when it comes to that. But when that boldness starts to come of saying like, well, we need to, we're going we're gonna to walk through this together. How did you do that yesterday? Um. Well, I, I guess I guess in terms of the boldness, I ha I think one of the things that's really important is relationship, and and anytime you're going to have a, a a tough conversation, um, it really helps to have a a long history and a good relationship with the people you're talking to, and so for me, I can step into that conversation and and just to be clear, I I didn't have anybody accost me after service or anything and tell me that my theology was 
messed up, even though yeah, it probably yeah. I mean, is. It, it, Not it's, yet. It's, it's certainly. I mean, it's, it's Monday. Yeah, it's Monday. I mean, you, you but, still got a, a couple of days of people can come after you. But, but. I mean, I, and, I, and I don't fear that. That doesn't happen very often here, and mm-hmm. um, and that's that's a testament to honestly to to the maturity of the people, because I I I, th- I think that you know it, as I stepped up there, to, I guess to answer your question, like how do I step into that? Um, first of all, I do my homework. Secondly, I'm in relationship with mm-hmm. people, and they and then the third thing I think is having enough humility to say, you know, this is how I see it, but I, I'm not an ins- I'm not I'm not I'm not the Bible myself. I'm not, right. I'm not the inspired word. I'm teaching the inspired word and I'm doing my best to humbly present it. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to come to your own conclusions on whether you think that once saved, always saved um, is a biblical doctrine or, or not. And, and, and so, so I think those, those things are really important. Like relationship is huge. Right. So I think that humility that you showed on Sunday is really important to help prevent spiritual arrogance as well. Cause I think spiritual arrogance breeds spiritual arrogance. And so when you have a leader who provides, you know, there's some things that we're going to be really clear on, like Jesus rose from the dead, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. But there's other things like there's been wise minds on both sides of this for a while. And you went ahead and said, you know, later on this next chapter in this chapter, there's a, there's a verse that pretty much says, you know, we've got a hope that's unshakable that we know where we're going when right. we die. And so you kind of said it could. There's great minds on both sides, and when I think when you show that to the congregation, they're able then to take that to their family and to their friends, and not be legalistic about mm-hmm. a particular view um, like that one. Right. So the that relationship is huge into that, right? That you've built a relationship that causes people to trust when it comes to those conversations. But also, you're saying like, I don't know it all. You know, mm-hmm. like, and and I'm not the Bible. This mm-hmm. this is God's word. We're gonna dive into God's word together, and we're gonna be able to be open and honest with, with the things that we we know or we we don't know. And I think you're right, Isaac. A lot of people bring in arrogance, especially from the pulpit or for, in leadership, and say, "Well, this is what the doctrine is." Yeah. And 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 you either you either with us or you're, you're against yeah, us. You kind decide of with me, right. or you're on you know you're on the outs. Right. And what what that that breeds is just a constant like uh, I guess decision by the leader to say you're going to be with me completely. Like it's it's arrogance not only from a spiritual aspect, but it's arrogance from the the person saying like pride wise. Like I am the word, you know, mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. the, this authority when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. And I think you're, I think you're right, Isaac. I think he did a great job, like being humble with that and saying, you know, there, this is going to be all over the place. And in, even in this room, some of you are going to be, you know, fully once saved, always saved people. Other of you are going to be in here and saying, mm-hmm. well, maybe, uh, you know, you know, eternal security is not as, you know, established. Not, not as cut and dry. Not as cut and dry. Yeah. Well, I, I think, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I think, I think one of the things that we're, we're shooting for is in the church is theological unity doesn't, doesn't mean that we're uniform. Unity is not uniformity. Right. Everybody looks the same. Yeah. Where everybody's got to sign this doctrinal statement that says, you know, on some of these finer points of doctrine that are very debatable, that if you're going to be a part of this church and you're going to be, um, part of our culture here, you have to, um, we're cookie cutter, you know, that you have to theologically look, talk, think, and act like me. Yeah. And that just, you know, obviously, like Isaac said, there's things we go to the mat for the essentials, you know, the virgin birth, the 
crucifixion, resurrection, atonement, etc. Those are all. But in terms of these things, it, I think allowing people to be unified on the person of Jesus and on the authority of Scripture, and we can look at the same book and come to different conclusions, but as long as we're still looking at the same book and still honoring the Word of God as mm-hmm. the Word of God, that's what's important. Yeah. So. I think you made the big picture, too, at the end, your takeaway point, like don't turn your back on Jesus. Yeah. So whether you're going to hold to um, eternal security or not, the, at the end of the day, the point is don't turn your back on Jesus. And well, I think when you're it, able to bring it up to that next level, it helps take away some of that spiritual legalism or theological legalism that we could have with that. Well, and that, and that story you told about the being in like the worship service at your, can you kind of share that real, really quickly again, kind of what, I thought that point was such so powerful when it came to that. Yeah. So um, this couple, uh, about a month ago, um, we were having, we were having a worship service with my wife's grandparents. Um, they're in their nineties, their early nineties. And um, they, they can't really go to church much anymore because their health just prevents them from getting out. So we, we, my whole family um, and my kids and their cousins and my wife's sisters, um, we all, we all um, had a worship service on the front, the, the lawn at their house. And so we're sitting around this circle and, and we had sang some worship songs and, and taking communion together. And, um, and then um, somebody asked if, if anybody had anything they wanted to share and specifically asked um, my wife's grandma, um, Velma Jean, to, you know, do you, you got anything, Velma Jean, you want to share with us? And at 92, um, she began to kind of talk about how um, their, 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 their whole family was in chaos and dysfunction prior to um, them uh, coming to know Jesus as their Savior and putting their trust in Him. And so she told us a little bit of the story of how they, how they became Christians. And, um, and then she told us how everything changed after that. Their entire the culture in their home, their family, um, how they related to one another, um, their marriage improved, and their relationship with their kids improved. They started going to church, and it just absolutely revolutionized their entire life. And it's as if she was kind of looking around the circle and seeing how her great-grandkids had all been raised in the church. They'd been raised in the faith. And when you've been raised in the faith and you've grown up with it, you kind of take for granted um, what you have in Jesus. Like you, And so she, it was like she was looking around the circle and realizing that this generation, her, her great-grandkids' generation, thankfully in our family, doesn't know what it's like to live without Jesus. They have grown up in the faith and they've grown up in the church. And so you, you can really easily just become complacent and think, well, maybe the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. And then, you know, go out and, you know, as they say, sow your wild oats or whatever you want to say and go your own way. And, and one of the things that she, so she wrapped up that conversation just by, by looking at her great grandkids and she just said, whatever happens, don't you ever turn your back on Jesus. Yeah. And man, that was powerful words for my kids, my and and their cousins who are, you know, my my oldest is about to leave home and, and go off on her own. And my and her cousin is also doing the same. He's gonna be at um, Grand Canyon. He's already at Grand Canyon University in um, Arizona right now. So it was a great um kind of a memorable moment for us. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where I think the writer of Hebrews lands with this whole warning about falling away. It's not so much whether 
you can be once saved, always saved. It's less about that, and it's more about this warning, hey, don't turn your back on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so whatever you think about that, um, whether you're Calvinist, Arminian, um, I don't know that that's really the point. The point right. is just don't turn your back on Jesus. That's the one. Well, and that legacy, right? That legacy yeah. that that she's sitting there. I mean, think about that as powerful that is for uh, your family as well, mm-hmm. but how, how powerful that is for the legacy for her to look at that and look at the these great grandkids and say, no. they're living out lives that are for Jesus and but I, they need to remember, yeah. like, don't turn your back on Jesus yeah. like that. You you may be enticed <laughs> by these things, and it may be, like, easier you know, to live that, that life. We were talking about that in Life Group last week, that one of the things that is the enticing nature of sin is the fact that it's just easier. Mm-hmm. You know, that it, life, life lived that way is just easier. And, and you're like, but it, when you really look on on the other side, it's not easier. The amount of pain that it brings, the amount of you know uh, consequences that that take place in that, but we see that in that enticing nature of a life that is lived separate from Jesus, and we're like, well, that might just be easier, you know, mm-hmm. might just be easier to to li- live that that way. But um, but yeah, no, I think that was such a powerful point when you're pointing to this idea that you know whether you believe in once saved always saved, or whether you believed in the fact that maybe there is you know a chance to lose salvation, whatever the case may be. Your point was. If you're in this room and you're like searching it out and you're somebody who is devoted and committed and, 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 you know, constantly, you know, striving to, to put your life in Jesus' hands, you don't have to be worried about it, you know? And, and I think that that gives a lot of people a lot of uh, hope because they, they, sometimes they come to church and they're like, Oh, like I messed up this week and you know, Jesus hates me now, you know? (laughs) And and we have we have the ability to say to people like that's not that's not the case no. you know you're still viewed as a child of God even when you mess up and even when you fall short and we have our whole recovery row that's right in the front you know and I know that one of the things that I always love about them is they're just like you know they they come in with an aspect of like I need Jesus mm-hmm. you know I think when one of the, the spiritual arrogance sides of it that happens is when you've been in it for a long time you're like well I don't need Jesus. You know, like this, I'm good on my own. But when you see somebody that needs Jesus, we went on a call the other day, Ben and I, and the person, uh, I mean, he just needs Jesus. Uh, that's just it. I mean, I never in my life had a, on a call, somebody pulled down their pants and showed me a scar. You know, I mean, it was that, that that's never that's never happened, you know, and and it's like but but he, he's just being real with us, you know, yeah. and we, we drove away from that call. And, and Ben is like, isn't it so encouraging to have somebody like that? Mm-hmm. That you're like, we have people in the church that are like, I just need Jesus in my life. And I, and I have brokenness, I have, I have pain and I have hurt yet. Jesus is the thing that heals me. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Isaac? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's looking at, he's looking at me like, yeah, I know. He's I, still going like, he's, why would somebody pull in their pants yeah, and show exactly, you a scar? Yeah. I'm just disappointed <laughs> I missed that call. He's clear yeah. back on, he's exactly. clear back on the it's scar. Yeah. Moon. <laughs> Full moon. It's, it's very rare. You know, we... <laughs> We don't get many moons on, on, on our on our calls, but that, that was definitely one of them. So so your landing point on Sunday, though, Ben, was this idea that don't give your, uh, up on Jesus. Don't and, give up uh, on Don't turn your back on and, Jesus. And so, but when it comes to this uh, aspect of one saved, always saved, and tough discussions, one of the things that, that I think I'm hearing from you is just this aspect that we need to be humble. We need to approach mm-hmm. everything with humility. And I think for the congregation, when they step into conversations with their neighbors or family members. Yeah. One of the things that we, a lot of times we hear is that people are like, well, I just don't have all the answers. Who cares? 
mm-hmm. right? It, you, the fact that you don't have all the answers is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you can say, you know, I, I don't know. I will, yeah. I will search this out. And that humility is going to be speak more volumes than just, you know, spouting off whatever theological term that you might. Well, especially have. if it's a tough issue. Yeah. If it's a tough issue, people would rather you say, you know, I'm just not really sure on that. I mean, this is maybe my thought, but I don't know for sure. People would rather hear that than people see through the dogmatism or the, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but but people see through that. Yeah, they see the platitudes. They, 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 see through pe- they see through it when somebody gives a simplistic answer to a complex question. Yeah. People are like, well, that person didn't think all that deeply about things, clearly. Yeah. You know, because... You know, I'm not saying we can't have confidence about some of our theologies, but for goodness sake, some of these things are are, are tough issues that great theologians have wrestled with and been on both sides of the issue for, you know, 2,000 years. So. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that that is where we have to kind of always land, right? That every time that we're looking at the Bible, we are looking at it from the outside, and people have looked at this thing for thousands of years mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they might not have come to full conclusions on all these kind of things or at least full assurances w- when it comes to that. And so I really appreciated your words on that. I said, I, I know that you, he, you stepped up in the pulpit and you said the fact that it, this is the most, uh, what, did you, what was the words? The most difficult passage in all of the Bible, I think. is It, it might well be. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's where you went. Um, so next week, where are we going next week? What's the... Yeah, so... We kind of got a teaser this week with the whole Melchizedek idea, Melchizedek idea, and but we didn't go into anything about him. And he's just the kind of this enigmatic figure. Um, he, I don't know if that's even the right word, but he he's he's just this mis- mysterious, mysterious guy, guy yeah. that yeah. just pops onto the pages of Genesis. I think it's fourteen um, in a story about Abraham um, rescuing his uh, nephew Lot, who was carried off with uh, the captives when Sodom was conquered. Always rescuing Lot. Uh, always rescuing Lot. And uh, and and this Melchizedek guy is this priest of, of, of Salem, uh, which most theologians think that that is the early uh, form of Jerusalem. You can hear the, the second half of Jerusalem in the word Salem. Um, and in the Hebrew, shalom obviously means peace. And so He's the king of peace, uh, king of righteousness. Melchizedek means king of righteousness. We're going to dive a little bit more into this character, Melchizedek, and um, and not to give too much away, but uh, he, um, a lot of theologians think that he is this, uh, what's called a Christophany, where this is where Jesus himself actually shows up uh, in the Old Testament. Yeah, it's so awesome. Physically, in, yeah. in a physical form, where he actually pops onto the scene for a very brief cameo and uh, does something important and then disappears mysteriously. The pre-incarnate word. Yeah, there he is. There he so, is. Well, and, and then he gets 10% of yeah. the, the, whole, the whole deal there, yeah, <laughs> which so, is pretty awesome. I mean, so like, when Abraham delivers Lot um, and he conquers the conquerors who had car- carried Lot off captive, he actually takes a whole bunch of... Um, well, they call it booty. Ooh, <laughs> That's well, kind of a weird word, but pirates booty, pirates, pirates booty. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but basically, it. he censor yourself there. Come yeah. on, <laughs> stop it, Isaac. <laughs> Isaac's always heading in the wrong direction, yeah, man. But, uh, you started. The gutter <laughs> is never far away when, when it com- comes to Isaac. There. <laughs> so anyway, Careful. basically, Abraham gets this uh, all of his treasure from this conquered people, 
And of all of that treasure, he gives Melchizedek a tithe, a tenth of that of that treasure. And so um, the writer of Hebrews is going to make a big deal out of the fact that Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, which means Melchizedek must be greater than Abraham. And not only Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, but Abraham's descendant Levi, who then becomes the father of the Israelite priesthood, the Levitical priesthood, also in in an indirect way, because he was still, quote-unquote, in the loins. Oh, Isaac's going to love this. He was in the loins of his father, Abraham. Amen. I don't Abraham. want to picture Abraham in a loincloth. <laughs> he was in the I don't loins. want to picture the loins either on that one. <laughs> he was in the loins of his ancestor, Abraham, when Abraham tied. And therefore, Melchizedek must be a greater priesthood even than the Levitical priesthood. Man, that's crazy. And so now he's going to tie this character of Melchizedek to Jesus. So that's the teaser. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk. We're going to dive into this whole Melchizedek thing this this weekend and talk about how Jesus um, is not only a better priest, but he's established a greater covenant than the Old Testament Sinai covenant. So, which is just crazy. I mean, yeah. the stuff like that when it's like you dive into the Bible and it's. It's like mind blowing, right? It is. You're just like you start reading that, and you're like, wait, what? Like yeah, yeah. this guy shows up, and Abraham gives him a tenth of everything he has, and he calls him the king of righteousness, and then he disappears. And yeah. you're like, what? Like yeah. that—that's just awesome, you yeah, know. Yeah. And you know, if you if you don't dive into the word like that, you're not going to be able to see the, those kinds of a things and stuff. So, all right. So, member of the week, we're going to have a member of the week every single week. Somebody that we we want to shout out to. Uh, I'm going to shout out Janine Childers. Janine Childers is, if you don't know her, she's a lady in our church. And every single week, faithfully, every Monday morning, she's here uh, taking the the offering, balancing all that money, putting it into the bank, doing all those kinds of things. I mean, just a faithful lady. It's pretty awesome. I mean, and we don't touch the money here, right? No, the the pastoral stuff. We don't let Isaac touch any of the money. Uh, Isaac spends the most amount of money that that we have now. (laughs) It used to be me. I've I've luckily handed off that crown to Isaac of just spending money galore but so this uh, is only our first podcast and we're already tearing isaac to shreds well, he's no, already no, become he's, the scapegoat for like every every ill in the church he'll, it's he'll, kind of fun he'll come back he has a lot of strength he'll, he'll come it, back next week strength. armed yeah. he'll be armed, like ready, armed and ready, ready to, to go. fight back um but yeah no, janine is awesome uh um she's been here part of the church for a long time oh, a long time yeah. yeah and and somebody that like i said a lot of the the areas around the church are volunteer, right? Mm-hmm. And we can't survive without volunteers, you know? And so somebody like Janine who faithfully volunteers, you know, snow is blowing like crazy outside and she's walking up here to, to make sure that the money makes itself into the bank and that we can pay our missionaries and, and all the things that we need to do and stuff like that. And so I'm so grateful yeah. for people like that. Um, I think a lot of times some of that uh, that help goes unnoticed, yeah, right? Behind the scenes. Behind stuff. the scenes kind of a things and stuff. So really, really appreciate her. So, hey, but thank shout you. Shout out to Janine. Shout, shout out to Janine. She's she, I think she we might be here, here at the building too as well. Um, hey, if you're if you're new with us at the church or you, this is the first time you're hearing this podcast, we, we want to come see you too as well. We do a thing called the Monday Muggings. Isaac invented this Monday Muggings thing, and we we come out and bring a Yeti, right? Oh, Isaac? it's a sickie. You're going to want that thing in your hand, man. It, it's yeah. got some good heft to it. It's a solid 14-ouncer. 14, 14 ounce. Tumble around your non-alcoholic beverages. Yes. It doesn't it doesn't have the handle on it though. It's just it's just, it's just the, the tumbler. just the tumbler yeah. and everything. And we come to your house and it's funny when we tell people that they're like you're going to come over. We're like, "Yes, we're going to come over. We're going to sit down. Isaac will probably fart on your couch." It's just it's just <laughs> kind of kind of the way that we go about it. So There's no probably about that. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a for sure you're get, getting a Yeti mug, you're getting You're a getting fart. a Yeti mug and those kind of things and stuff. So <laughs> 
Yeah, so we're, we're excited to be able to get, be here and, and share with you and get a chance to, to, to have this as a different uh, way that we can uh, share about, about Jesus, but also a chance for you guys to get to know us a little bit better. And so we're going to be having these episodes every single uh, week. You can find them on uh, any place you get podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, any of those kind of things. You can feel free to, to download it, listen to it as you want to fall asleep at night. Uh, we would love to hear the sultry voices of Ben's voice co- coming through the, the microphone. Well, you can just put on the Sunday morning. That's true. The Sunday morning sermon yeah. could be there too, yeah, uh, too as well. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, you can feel free to, to pass out to that and everything. But but no, we're going to be having these kind of things because we want to be able to share a little bit more about who Jesus is and get a chance to be a, go and dive in a little bit deeper. So thank you so much for joining us for this first episode of, of the Bread Truck Monday podcast. And anything, any final words you got, Isaac? Nope. No words. Isaac, man. Yeah, no words left. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later.